0: This is Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with Gino from Branded Scan. Adult site Broker is proud to announce the launch of our new website at adultsitebroker.com. We've added some enhancements to the site, such as FAQs and a complete new platform. The look and feel of the new site are nice and up to date. The new site also has links to our Marketplace and Affiliate Program. Plus, don't forget ASB Marketplace, the first platform where you can buy and sell adult sites and domains for free. ASB Marketplace allows buyers and sellers the chance to come together on properties that are valued below our company's minimum of $50,000. Don't pay for other marketplaces when ASB Marketplace gives you this service for free. Visit ASBMarketplace.com and sign up as a seller or a buyer today. And of course, there's ASB Cash, the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage, where you can earn as much as twenty percent of our broker commission, referring sellers and buyers to us at Adult Site Broker. Check out ASBCash.com for more details and to sign up. Now, let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer for sale a portfolio of eight Amazon FBA adult beauty stores. These brands have enjoyed steady growth over their eight years in business, with many products commanding a dominant market share in their vertical with combined revenues of $3.4 million in 2021 and an impressive 15,000 customer reviews. Setting itself apart with its distinctive product style and branding, the business's winning product formula and launch strategy has been multiplied across different customer types to greatly increase market share and expand the business over time. The brands now number over 80 listings including bundles, and they include lightning creams, lubricants, sexual aids, and other personal care items for adult intimacy. The products, which have formulas exclusive to the owner, have proven hugely profitable over time, with the business enjoying massive gross margins of almost 40% with absolutely no advertising spend outside of Amazon. Included are standard operating procedures for all activities related to Amazon selling, meaning the buyer is getting the intellectual property rights they would not be able to find elsewhere. The business has massive growth opportunities, especially by marketing outside of Amazon in the e-commerce and and brick-and-mortar spaces, as the current owners have not done much to promote the websites and have not sought a retail distributor. The business can be run from anywhere, and it can be run by an outsourced firm at a very low operating cost. The business also enjoys strong diversification of revenues across its major product lines, brands, and keywords, giving it stable growth over time. The business is run in a highly effective, hands-off way, with day-to-day operations managed by a team of outsourced personnel, with the owner working only about 30 hours per week. The reason for the sale is that the owners have been in the category for a long time and now wish to turn attention to newer verticals they've already moved into. This incredible company is available for only five million dollars. Now, time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is Gino Soretta of Branded Scan. Gino, thanks for being with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. Oh, no problem. Nice to meet you, Bruce. And I'm looking forward to uh, to spending some time answering some questions. Me too. Now, uh, Gino is the founder and CEO of brand protection service, Branded Scan. After years as co-founder and CTO of ManyVids, Gino has a continued passion for startups. With his background development in development and the tech sphere, his newest venture looks to reinvent the wheel by providing innovative tools to empower content creators. Branded Scan is a brand and content protection service that aims to empower content creators to protect the brand. At only $45 a month, creators can receive daily scans, remove stolen content, social media catfishes, and clean up their Google results. Um, Gino, you know, it's it's kind of interesting um, that this is really designed more for content creators. I, I kind of looked around at some of your competitors, and they seem to be going for the large platforms. Um, why did yes. you decide to do it that way? Well, I guess, you know,
1: in the last, I would say six years of experience, you know, back at many vids, I realized that um, content creators really know what's best for their brand, what's best for even sometimes the industry itself. And uh, being close to that, I, I realized that I think one big thing that was lacking with, uh, well, at the time was clip sites was exactly that, you know, having uh, content creators really drive a feature of a platform and, you know, and drive a little bit, I would say uh, the community itself uh, and have more power to, to change that, uh, the, the platforms that they were on. So I felt that in, even in the brand sphere, the brand protection sphere, that was exactly what was happening. Uh, yeah. You'd have companies coming in, building products without really knowing what the content creators really need. And I think that was my power, i guess my strength coming into this with this new product is really listening to the content creators i know you know a lot of of them uh that joined even early on my my uh, my platform Brandescan. uh they trusted my vision of how to uh protect their brand and that with that i was able to talk to them closely mm-hmm. get their feedback on on features what they need what they would want and that's how Brandescan was created
0: Sure. Now, Gino, why don't you talk about what you did prior to Branded Scan? So
1: um, I basically, I founded, I co-founded with uh, uh, Bella French and uh, said uh, minivids.com. So this was created by us three, you know, we're good friends, started up this project, seeing that there was a big need for, you know, some uh, really, really good clip site that uh, empowers content creator. So that's something that I built. I took care of all the technical side. So uh, being a web developer by nature, a graphic mm-hmm. designer as well, and also kind of like a web architect, uh, I built from the ground up uh, with the technology, mm-hmm. uh, the front end, uh, the infrastructure, um, and also the development uh, cycle and all that stuff. So I really took care of the technology sphere, the payment sphere, the payout sphere
0: of okay. the project. Okay. Now, to make it simple, how would your parents describe what you do? <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, a guy who just
1: passionate about coding. I think since I was a, a late teenager, I was a late bloomer as a coder. I didn't really code when I was younger, but, you know, in my teens, late teens, I started coding and and discovered that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess you would say a guy that's passionate about coding websites and also that loves to be around people. I'm a very social guy. Uh, it's a little bit of a rare breed to find a developer a tech guy that's also very social. It's so very true. That's, <laughs> that's kind of my strength as a, as a business owner is that I can really relate to developers. I can speak to them, but I can also uh, be a relationship uh, manager I really develop relationships with other businesses and other people externally.
0: Yeah. Developers aren't usually people that you find at cocktail parties. No. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's like just getting them to talk. Is difficult that's right. normally.
1: It's very true. It's very true. But, you know, they, they're in their bubble and they, they love you know what they do. And yeah. at the end of the day, I think it's just uh, not everybody is social and yeah. that, that's fine. But I learned how to be social. I guess I, I was really, I was a people guy and mm-hmm. that helped me a lot in my career to, to really build relationships with a lot of other uh, companies,
0: competitors, et cetera, and really open doors. It's quite an accomplishment, actually.
1: Well, thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. <laughs>
0: So what's been the favorite job you've ever held? Um,
1: obviously, it would have to be when, you know, uh, my, my, just my previous one coming out of it. So being a developer and a CTO at the same time, mm-hmm. I think that was something that was really, really uh, fun to do. I mean, you're developing an application from scratch. You know, you're building the architecture, the feature set, uh, the look and feel of the product. Uh, it, it was very liberating that you can build everything yourself, launch it update it and then see the impact right away from Mm. the community and feedback of the community. And that was something that was really fun. And uh, now building my new venture as a CEO, uh, my my co-founder as well. He's the CTO now, so I kind of offset that responsibility to to my co-founder, who's amazing, mm-hmm. a genius, uh, you know, developer and, and technology brain. Uh, and together, I'm kind of taking care more now of the uh, operations, uh, the financial part, the uh, you know, relationship building, the vision of the company, uh, you know, recruitment, the payroll, the accounting, like all that other stuff that I've learned as well in my previous venture. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take this side. So I would say definitely my favorite part was the development. I mean, the development and CTO aspects was a lot of fun. You know, it, it, that was really my main passion at the time, for sure.
0: As a developer, though, how hard is it to uh, farm the development out to anyone else? You would say
1: uh, in the sense we're like, you know, offsetting tasks to other people? Is that yeah, it? Yeah,
0: because you said that your co-founder is yeah. is doing the is the cto and is doing the yeah. the development there as a developer yourself how hard is it to have them do it
1: well you know at the end of the day like uh, you gotta trust people that you work with right yes. for me i'm a big big advocate of empowerment so mm-hmm. if you hire people you partner with people empowering them is the best way if, if you can give them those tasks then you shouldn't be working with that person to begin with right so for me it's all about trust and i trust that they they can do the right thing and they can code the right way and obviously there's mentorship too i've had experience where i come in and i can say you know my opinion how things should maybe be in a in a very big website that scalability and this and that and mm. uh but at the end of the day it's really a mixture of having someone that can maybe even do it better than you i mean you know he's almost 15 years younger than me. So he has a lot more, you know, hunger, hunger to, to, to code and, and, and do things. And mm-hmm. I could see he has new technologies in his back pocket, which I have a little more older technology. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a good mix. So you got to always surround yourself with good people, sometimes even better people, you know,
0: that's really cool. It's, 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 uh, it it tells a bit about you that you're able to accept that. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I have,
1: I have, I I love working with developers and for me, there's, there's, you know, I'm never the smartest person in the room. I might know a lot of things, but there's always going to be someone smarter and you always have to let that people, those people talk. And that's how you can build a business. I can build a great team and really make people feel like they're contributing to a product. you
0: You know, you talked about building something from scratch with your own hands and seeing it through. How cool! Yeah. How cool is that? It's it's the best feeling
1: for sure. I mean, I've I've built a lot of products in my past. I would say maybe dozens of of, of products and websites, and mm. uh, this was the first one in the adult at the time with MV. Um, however, you know, some were successful, some failed, uh, but overall they've all been fun. So whether they made money and got big, or you know, had to shut it down because it wasn't, it didn't stick it didn't matter. I've, I've, learned things throughout those years and, uh, I've always found it fun, honestly. So I would say like, definitely it's the coolest feeling to build a product from, from the ground up and actually see it
0: thrive. Yeah. Yeah. I bet it is. As someone yeah. who's a, who's a total tech dummy, I'm going to have to take your word for that. Um, <laughs> you could, you could, you could talk techies all day and I'd be like, huh, what? So (laughs) what's your day-to-day schedule look like as Branded Scan CEO?
1: Yeah. So basically my, my day-to-day would be really hopping in and out of of meetings. I would say, Um, I do a lot of the accounting part. Like I was saying as well, I do a lot of relationships and I meet with other businesses trying to see if there's any kind of synergies that, that happen Um, as well. You know, we, I, I kind of, Talk with the team every week, every two weeks. Really see the vision, what we're going to be doing, kind of building the next, uh, the next feature sets, and where are we headed. Maybe also doing presentations on how we're doing currently, showing the numbers. I'm a very transparent company, so uh, I like to show, you know, sales and numbers and where we're going, what happened last month, what's happening this month. Really, so people understand and are motivated and even if there's anything that's happening that's maybe not good for the growth well, we can catch it early. So, uh, it's really just, you know, taking care of the team, taking care of the team, scaling the team, scaling the business, uh, making sure it's healthy financially, uh, you know, it's paying its taxes, uh, the accounting's up to date, all these things. So, uh, that's kind of now my role. And also, you know, I, I do take some, some meetings for development and for security, especially because, you know, i I'm, I'm really big advocate for security and that's one thing that i did at md was make sure the data the, it was secure the site was secure uh you know our our our, our site was hack proof like those are my specialties as well and, and my co-founder he's very very strong with that too so you know we're always talking about security how we can improve it how we can make sure it's good and even you know help other people with their security on their platforms
0: is anything
1: really hack proof now No, but uh, you can definitely put a lot of fail safes in front. So uh, there are methods to do it and do it right. And if ever there are, there's always going to be a vulnerability happening, but you need to make sure you're aware of it and you have, you know, kind of safety nets or monitoring that if something is about to happen, you know about it and you can stop it. So you might not be fully hack proof, but you can definitely have. Uh, I would say like webs and and, and and layers that can, that you can detect someone actually trying to do something yeah. and stop it before it happens.
0: Yeah. It's like, to, I mean, just, just today I got another email about a major hack with a, I won't mention any names with a, with a domain registrar. And okay. um, <laughs> I mean, it, it, And these, I'll tell you, these are big people that are getting hacked. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I, I just wonder if there's any stop, any any end to it.
1: If you really think about it, the bigger you are, the more susceptible you are for hacking. Because yeah. at the end of the day, your employees and your 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 third parties that you hire to work on your product and yeah. all these those are your those are your point of failures. Yeah, that, that's those, those you are, are your are weak
0: points, right? Because some clicks. somebody will like will like click on a on a on uh, an attachment and boom. Definitely. Definitely. There's a lot
1: more risk and a lot more potential hack the larger company you are, 100 percent. As you're smaller, if you do the right things, your, your point of failures are very minimal. You know, sometimes maybe you're small and you don't you scale too fast and you don't have money, you don't have the knowledge to protect. And that's also a problem that happens a lot often, right? right? So it's finding that balance to scale, but always stay secure. And obviously, it takes more time to develop a product to secure in the right way. Mm-hmm. Some people don't invest their time, but we've always, I've always also had that 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 uh, that need to always keep things secure because at the end of the day, that's. It's, it's a death sentence its it's sure. if your company gets gets hacked and gets their information uh, leaked I mean not only it's bad for the company but it's the worst thing that can happen to your customers yep
0: yeah absolutely all kinds of, uh, of bad results for sure yep. you, you were you were talking about your duties uh, with branded scan how hard was it as a tech guy to learn all that
1: well I mean it's funny thing is I, I I learned that over time. So yeah. it's, it's not something that I really went uh, to school for. I mean, I, I my background is uh, I, I studied in graphic design and, and, and front end H, HTML and CSS. And I eventually over time as, you know, Friday, Saturday nights till 5 a.m., you know, you code projects, you work on that for years and years. And you, you basically self-teach yourself mm-hmm. how to code develop everything's online now you, you know people don't even really have to go to university to, to be an engineer you can sure. literally learn everything online yep. and I'm a perfect example of a lot of my stuff all of my knowledge a lot of it I've learned online myself through trial and error you know forums there's so many things out there so much knowledge out there that you can you can teach yourself so um honestly it really just takes passion if you're passionate about about coding. And like I was, well, you can literally learn how to code and make a successful career out of it without even attending university.
0: Yeah. Well, there's no two ways about it. Uh, Like, like a lot of other business models, I think the education business model has changed a lot. And in the very near future, will change a lot more.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I think currently the school system, you know, the whole educational system is is wrong. It's it's old. It's not meant for the current student. Yep. The current student has less attention, has access to all the information online, uh, is very digital. Schools need to reflect that. Mm-hmm. And uh, currently they're not. They're still using, you know, up, uh, old books and an old way of doing homework. And eventually it's going to shift, but it's definitely not not there yet.
0: Sooner than later, I think. I think the pandemic uh, and uh, you know um, virtual learning is going to make it shift a lot faster. Hundred percent. So why would you create another company after you've successfully founded and exited another one?
1: It's a good question. I mean, personally, I'm an entrepreneur. I've always built stuff. Uh, even as a, having a regular job working nine to five as a developer early in my career on the side at night, I would build company. I would build a project. I would try and find a way to do so. I was always, I always like building products, building ideas. I love brainstorming. I always love having new ideas with, you know, Oh, we should do this or oh, we should do that. Yeah, it will be great. We should launch that. And that that's what I like doing. And after MV, you know, after I, I transitioned away from that last year, um, I have that hunger to still create product, and I always had this idea. And you know, with my with my friend, uh, we wanted to launch this because we knew that we could launch something great, and there was a need for it. And it's just exciting. I mean, the the beginning of fruition of creating something and seeing it grow is is, is so rewarding, and it's the funnest thing to do. And yeah. it's it's. I think if if there wasn't if I guess developing was not my passion, my first passion, it would be creating products. That's so much fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, i agree with you i feel the same way about a about adult site broker it yeah, uh, exactly. it's, it's been a blast and uh, it keeps getting better now exactly you,
1: grow is just, so rewarding it's so much fun
0: yeah no i i agree with you do you still do any work for many vids no
1: not at all so i think on the contrary maybe some people might believe in, in some interviews <laughs> that you've done uh, recently uh not at all i mean i've Completely transitioned away. Uh, I don't even have any kind of affiliation in the business, nothing. So I'm completely not involved with my previous previous project.
0: Okay, so well, I don't know. I didn't hear anything, but I, I thought I'd ask. Um, <laughs> what did your experience at ManyVids teach you that you now apply to branded scan?
1: Oh, so much. I mean, I've learned so much building that business from you know how how to scale a business from just three people to 150 people for example mm. you know an application from scratch uh, yeah. serving serving it ten, tens of thousands of content creators uh, not many not many sites have done this let alone in the adult even in the safer workspace I mean sure. to, to, to steal a business that large uh, is very rare and you learn a lot so um, I would say maybe you know securing like people's private information uh, but also creating a product that, that the community needs. And you create a product, you keep improving it, keep tweaking it to make it grow and grow. So I think, at the end of the day, all these things were applied right off the bat to Brandon Scan, and this time I had the experience as opposed to with MV at the beginning, I didn't have it. So I had to learn it, it took longer, but mm-hmm. this time around, I know, I know how to build a business and I know how to scale a product well, and so it caters to people the way they want it,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. So how does Branded Scan differ from other DMCA or takedown services?
1: Well, I think you, you spoke about it, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but I think is the main fact that we know how to cater to content creators and influencers. You know, we listen to their needs, we develop and improve things right away with their feedback. You know, we have a forum that we share things in advance as we're developing it, getting their feedback back and forth. You know, we have a focus group that we show them our product, we show them our idea, what we, and then we tweak it. And sometimes our idea was not what we thought it would be. And that's great because it, without you develop something, I you launch it and nobody cares about it. Well, that's bad, you know? Yeah. So that's something that we definitely are, I'm sure, very different from what's happening right now. Um, but we're also hungry for a change. You know, we're hungry for innovation. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. just like MV at the time, we came into a space which had dinosaurs, people that had little creativity, they'd been around for 20 years in the space, you know, and us coming in, we right away created waves and we created change. And yep. I think with MV at the time, we raised the bar and all of a sudden you started seeing people saying, oh, that's what a content site should be, a clip site should be. And, and I'm, I'm doing the exact same thing with Branded Scan. And that's what I want to do. I want to bring the bar high enough. People are like that's what a brand protection service should be. That's how much it should cost. And that's what we're pretty much doing differently.
0: Well, so Gino, the main difference then is that you guys emphasize working with content creators, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. I think that that adds a lot of uh uh, innovation. And, you know, they're very creative people. Uh, they, there are their own business mm-hmm. uh, themselves. I mean, they are all also entrepreneurs, so they understand yes. how to build a product. So that's, it's it's very powerful to partner with content creators and build a product with them.
0: Mm, very good. And I'm sure you get some very valuable feedback as you talked about earlier.
1: Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, even showing features beforehand and, mm-hmm. and even getting feedback after we launch it, I mean, it's, it's, it's gold. It's yeah. gold to really be close to your to your uh, to your content creators like that and your your customers.
0: Sure, and, and and really, it seems like the next natural step for you since you work so closely with content creators at us.
1: Exactly, and you know, I built a a good a good name, a good trustworthy name with a lot of the uh, the top content creators, and uh, sometimes they would reach out to me directly when they had issues and things like that. So. Sure. Uh, I think building this product, I really had already that trust and they they knew it would be something, something good. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that really helped me also at the beginning for sure.
0: Fabulous. Now, Branded Scand is sponsoring large events such as the Why Not Cam Awards and the XBiz shows. Now, what do you hope to gain from supporting these events? I think there's a few things. I
1: mean, one of them, one of the first things would be to really get the brand out uh, as fast as possible so people see it to reach Mm -hmm. more people. Uh, I mean, they they have a great, great reach and a great community. So that really got our name out very early. Um, also, you know, not everyone can just sponsor these events. They they really make sure your product is good. They make sure you have a good name, who's behind the product before you even allow to sponsor these events. So it kind of gives you credibility right out of the gate. That's what happened with us when we started in last January mm-hmm. uh, 2017. I mean, we sponsor right away XBiz. They have a great community, uh, great help, and it really helped us really build early on our, 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 our customer base for sure.
0: Now, what's a common myth or misconception about your field of expertise?
1: Um, I guess I would go more in the in the adult side, because uh, I guess as a developer, I mean, there's not really many myths as opposed to being non-social, which uh, <laughs> I'm not really. Uh, I would say more in the adult. You know, like running, uh, working at MV and building MV was really something like. Well, you were in the adult. Well, they <laughs> in their mind they picture you know uh, naked people running in the hallways. Uh, you know, all sorts of things. When it was really just a tech uh, from like we wish firm, we I wish. Think. There was nothing special about it. It was it was a tech firm, uh, yeah. you know. And I think that's one of the biggest myths of the adult is what they picture your office looks like. Like how <laughs> does it date date work? You know, do you have like naked video shoots happening in the cafeteria? Like, no, you know. <laughs> and that would get that comment all the time. And even from employees that we wouldn't hire that mm-hmm. you know, on interviews, that would be their question, like, oh, okay, and they didn't expect us to be in that field because you know, it's, it looked like a tech firm. So it was very surprising to them when they showed up.
0: Yeah. I think if they walked through either your office or through MindGeek's office or Gamma, it's like, yeah, oh, it's an office. Exactly. <laughs> There's people at their computers working. Wow. What a surprise. <laughs> so in your opinion, what's the most important personality trait someone would need to be successful in your job?
1: Well, passion for sure is one of the biggest things. Uh, you, know, you want to be passionate. You want to be creative. You want to be innovative. I think those are all things that in tech really uh, makes you stand out from the crowd. Uh, there's a lot of people that you know go in and build products for the money or just build it because they copy another product. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to have any passionate creativity or innovation that way. You're just, oh, th- these guys are doing well. Let me just copy the same thing. And so much of that.
0: it. There's so
1: much and, of it. But it will never be as good, and it will always be behind because mm. the, co- the company you're copying, they're innovating. They're being creative. It, and you're just falling behind all the time trying to catch up by copying. So I think passion, creativity, innovation are really the three key things that you need to build a successful business and product, I think.
0: Yeah. And there's in the adult space especially, there's so yeah. much copycatting. And if you go back yep. to your last place – Oh Oh, yeah. God, you wouldn't believe, and we have a general consulting company too. You wouldn't believe how many people contact me and say, Oh, I want to build something like OnlyFans, or I want to build something like, like many vids. Yeah. And of course, none of them have any money, (laughs) right. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or any expertise, but it's like, Oh God, you know, and it, Yeah, it's great, except because they go, oh, that's where the money is. And it was that way with cams for a long time. But I agree with you. If they don't have the passion for it, if they don't have unique ideas, they're just going to be one of many.
1: Exactly. Because if you're building a product to make money, that's your goal. You're never gonna be successful. Yeah, money will come later. You want to build something that you're passionate, that has a goal. It's really truly making a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way, your creativity and you, you're gonna innovate in that field. Yeah. You know, got innovation through tech, but you're gonna be creative. You're gonna find new ways to help people in this night. And eventually, you'll stand out, and eventually, you will get big, and eventually, you will make money. But making money is only like a consequence. It can't be your your goal. Yeah. You know? And that's and those that go that route. You're you're never going to succeed, really.
0: You know, it's interesting you mentioned that, and I never thought about it before. But everything I've done, especially in the adult space, has been because I saw a need and it yeah. was something I thought I could help people with started out with my marketing firm because I yeah. could tell <laughs> I went to a few shows. I was, uh, I, w- I had a couple of websites I went to a few shows. And I said, nobody knows anything about marketing. Okay. I can help with yeah. marketing. Um, the general consulting the same way people, startups and especially and mainstream companies needed help getting started. And the website brokering came about because I had a marketing client that said, Hey, I want to sell my websites. I thought about it and said, well, "I don't think anybody's doing that." And yeah. uh, after I did the deal for him, which was surprisingly easy um, for me because I had the contacts, yeah. um, I said, "Oh, I think I got a company here."
1: Yeah, so for sure.
0: I I've mean, done the same thing, and yeah. uh, I'm passionate about everything I do, though that's that's just me.
1: <laughs> well, that's it. Finding a need is is definitely powerful for sure. You need to find that need that, that people are looking for and you mix it with a passion. I mean, if it's a need that you have zero passion about, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't build furniture. If there's, you know, building (laughs) a sofa, yeah, I'm not going to do it. It's not my passion. However, sites, that is my passion. We found yours as well. And that's how you can really succeed and put in the 12 hours a day, sometimes at the beginning, not paid, right? You need to be passionate about that type of time, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like my wife with cactuses. Don't ask. Um, we got we got a backyard full of cactuses now because she's passionate <laughs> about growing cactuses in Thailand of all places. Anyway, um, <laughs> what's one thing about your field of expertise that almost no one agrees with you about?
1: I guess it would be building relationship with your competitors, with other companies in your space. Like I'm a I'm a huge relationship guy, and. Yeah. and I find, you know, sometimes maybe it happens more in the adult more, but people, yeah, sometimes with competitors, they don't like to socialize and I've socialized with a lot because I guess at the end of the day, um, I'm maybe an approachable guy. So I really made a lot of contacts in the space Mm -hmm. even as a competitor itself. Um, So for me, I guess it would be that is really, you know, be friends with your competitor at the end of the day, you're all we're all here, here to help the community make give services that helps them, and right. if we make money, that means they're doing well as well, so we're all in it for the same reason, so there's no real point to to not know your are to not say good things to not hang out and have a beer you know that's something that I don't like seeing is is kind of people that don't get along just because there's potential same clients, you know, and that's something that I guess not many people agree on, but when they do, uh, they realize, they realize how powerful it is. The networking aspect of things.
0: Yeah. There's, there's always going to be, uh, a time for synergy where you can both make money. Yeah, of course.
1: Of course. There's those opportunities. You never know. This project can lead to another project that you potentially do the same. You know, you have a deal with and you partner with that old competitor. So there's always new doors that open. And at the end of the day, you know, we, sh- we should all stay safe lives and socialize. And I think we're all in it to help people, you know?
0: I can't agree more. So tell me about an influential person that impacts your work.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of people, I mean, around me that I know personally that impact
0: me that I won't
1: bring them up there on the radio. But what I could say maybe as a public figure, someone that I really admire their their personality and, and I would say Keanu Reeves is a good example, you know Keanu Reeves is a very successful guy people like him, very down to earth no matter how much money he has you know, he'll help the the, the next person on his left, very uh, I would say very I forget the word exactly to say it but it's someone that you would like to stay, become if you do become big and successful you want to always stay grounded and still humble, there you go, that's the term yeah. you know, that's, you always got to got to stay true to yourself and be nice to people. And Ken Reeves is a great guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I admire him as a person. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I'm not going to pick like developers and you know, <laughs> the CEO of Apple, cause he's cool. And uh, you know, the CEO of Tesla It's like, yeah, I mean, they did achieve great things, but at the end of the day we can all do our own path without following someone else's shadow. For me, what's most important is people that can balance success mm-hmm. with family and mm-hmm. friends and at the end of the day that's what it is and there was a quote actually from the from one of the the the, the owners of google that said life is like juggling five balls in the air where one is glass and the other 4 uh, sorry one is rubber and the other four are made out of glass hmm. rubber is your work it, you know if it falls down something happens it'll bounce back up there's always going to be another opportunity to make money mm-hmm. but the rest you know you have family you got health you got friendships like, those are things that are made out of glass. And if you let them drop too often, they break, they crack. Right. And that was a great, great speech that he did recently, which is exactly that. I mean, life's about balance. And, you know, you can't be jumping only into work and be a workaholic and forget your people, forget your family, forget your friends. I think at the end of the day, people that really impact my life is people that I can see that can do a great balance of work, success, family, friends, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's that's good. So what changes are you looking to create in this industry?
1: I think my primary goal will be that every single content creator, influencer, they have access to brand protection tools, you know, without having to sacrifice their paycheck every month. Like in a lot of models, they'll make $100 every two weeks or, mm. you know, $200 a month or 300 They can't afford brand protection service that currently existed before branded scams. Mm. So... I want to be able to bring tools for them to help their brands and for them to make money and feel safe, you know, because in the end, when, when they get catfished or their content gets leaked, when they protect, let's say they want to hide all their content from Canada or Quebec or whatever. And then the content gets leaked the next week. They just start up, you know, they don't have that much money to protect their brand, but now all their content's available online. What's going to happen? They're going to feel, they're going to feel betrayed. They're going to feel that they can't trust. Working online, you know, and they're gonna feel horrible. And maybe their family's gonna find out and all that. So that I want to give them that security. And I want everybody to have access to the security and this feeling that okay, I feel safe. Someone's on my side that if something happens, Brandon Scans here. And I wanna feel like that person on their side that say, We got you, you know.
0: Hmm. That's very cool. So uh, what's the biggest challenge you're facing in your business right da- right now and what are you doing about it?
1: I think it's more or less scaling a team, you know, making sure accounting's up to par. HR is always a, a tough one, you know, oh. accounting, scalability. Uh, those are things that are always the hardest challenge of building a business. The product part is always, if you have a good product and you know how to scale that, it speaks for itself. It grows, it does well, you develop it, you launch features, but the people, your your company, That's what's always harder to build. So scaling that, hiring people, making sure they mesh together, make sure each other is right, make sure the payroll is going on time, all these things. Mm -hmm. That's the part that's always harder. So that's what is always challenging. And that's my role now is to really make sure that scales efficiently.
0: Yeah. Well, it doesn't sound easy. (laughs) I think we're now we're
1: already at twenty-one people in the company. So and we've been around for you know less than a year, eight months now. That's great.
0: That's (laughs) great. Yeah, you can the fact that you can say that you're that you're uh, you're supporting 21 families at this point. Yeah. Um exactly. after less than a year is pretty darn good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. So what's an upcoming feature to branded scan that you're excited about?
1: Well, we've launched a lot of features over the last few months, so our goal now is to really improve like our spiders, improve the automation, uh, the dashboard, the look. One thing we launched actually last week was a branded score. It's kind of like a um, a health score of your brand. And it goes mm-hmm. up as you have less tasks to do and less infringements to take down. So kind of like a credit score in a way. Really? So it gives you that feeling that, okay, I'm doing everything for my brand. You know, it's in—it's 95, it's in the green. If it's in the red, you know that you have a lot to dispatch still. You didn't do it. You have some tasks to do on your, on your dashboard. So that's one feature we just launched. But uh, I know we had a uh, few other ones that we're doing for, but it's more for accuracy and making sure Catfish accounts getting done. I mean, we launched the uh, uh, the one that does facial recognition so that we're able to scan Catfish accounts, match uh, wrong, false positive with real one, actually because we have your profile pic and we can match all their pictures to make sure of accuracy. So that's also something that we're, we're, we're improving all the time. But now it's really mostly ensuring that our dashboard is is easier to use uh, you you sign up and right away you know what to do. Uh, we created a wizard also for first signups, but also we want to do a, an automation where uh, you know kind of like a basic and advanced feature. Where mm-hmm. basic feature you just run to, through through your task very easily with an next button and just do it. And you got the advanced which shows you all your dashboard, you know, all the infringements, and it's a little more for the advanced user. Some people maybe they get overwhelmed, you know, with they get a thousand infringements. Where do I start? You know, a simple task feature is something that we're working on right now. So it's really just an easy to do next, next, click, click, click. I'm done. You know?
0: Very cool. Well, hey, Gino, I'd really like to thank you for being our guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk. And I hope we'll get a a chance to do this again really soon. Definitely. Hopefully we'll meet at one of the conventions soon in person. I look forward to it. My broker tip today is part six of how to buy an adult website. Last week, we talked about the sales agreement. So now both you and the seller have signed the agreement. What comes next? There needs to be an escrow setup where you send the money, whether it be a one-time payment or a deposit if you're going to be making payments. This is done about half the time these days. The seller, for their part, puts the assets of the sale into escrow, namely the domains being sold and any other tangible assets that can be put into escrow. Your attorney can give you more information on that. We recommend escrow domains for escrows. They're a firm out of Washington, D.C., and no, they're not paying me to say this. I just use them, trust them, and I'm delighted by the work they've done for us. Either an escrow agreement will be drawn up by them in the case of a custom escrow, or if it's a simple one, it can be set up on their website. Then you, the buyer, the seller, and the broker will be contacted by escrow domains with further instructions, such as wiring information. The escrow is opened, and either the deal closes within a matter of days, or an inspection period is allowed. It all depends on what the agreement calls for. Whether you need an inspection period really depends on whether there's still some information you need to find out prior to the deal closing. Your broker and your attorney can advise you more on this, and it's on a case-by-case basis. Then the money is transferred, as are the domains, and the deal is closed. Now, in many cases, in fact, most of the time, the seller either stays on board for a period of time to help with the transition or is at least available on an on-call basis to answer questions. This is something most buyers should ask for. But at this point, you pretty much own the website. What do you do now? We'll talk about this subject more next week. And next week, we'll be speaking with Anna Lee of 2049 Entertainment. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Gino from Brandon Scan. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman.